Welcome to the Mold Matters Podcast. Whether you are looking for help recovering from mold illness or just want to learn more about creating a safe environment for your family, this podcast is the place for you. So here's a question for you. I'm sorry, Jerry. No, go ahead. So um, I talk to people throughout the country and um, crawl spaces are, there's a million different theories on crawl spaces, right? And I've kind of been real careful to say, look, what works in Utah probably doesn't work in Virginia or what works in Virginia may not work down in Miami, right? Because the Mm -hmm. weather is so different, um, the humidity, the... um, so I've always been very leery of trying to put plastic down on a crawl space and where they, some of these companies actually run the plastic up the wall and then try to seal it along the wall. I've been very leery of that. I'm not saying it's wrong, but it, it does make me a little bit nervous that we're creating an environment underneath that plastic that's growing mold. What's your, what's your feeling on that and crawl spaces in general? Yeah, well, 100% you're creating an environment under the plastic yeah. that um, is moldy. And in fact, my husband, um, his, he got a big exposure. It was a, a ground cloth outside that we used to have an ice skating rink in the winter. So he brought it up too late in the spring. And I mean, the grass was growing and there was a lot of stuff growing on the underside of that ice skating liner, mm-hmm. ice skating rink liner. And it was a windy day. And he got a big whiff of bad stuff. This is outside. Um, So yes, 100%, if you're camping and you have a ground cloth, it's going to get nasty underneath. Where, again, the devil's in the detail for this. I don't think the solution is not to let the moisture from the ground come into our space. The solution is a vapor barrier, but it has to be sealed at the seams to openings columns and whatnot. And I would seal it to the wall at the bottom of the wall. I don't recommend anybody ride up the wall with a vapor barrier because that's a different thing. Um, And that can cause degradation. Plus we can't see the wall uh, leaking. We still need to stop the leak from outside, but the, the dirt itself. So my research, I have researched this a lot because one, we've been looking for homes to buy and Wyoming, Montana, Utah, and go with realtors. And they would say, oh, there's no mold here, you know, because we live in all those states. And inevitably we would go into a house that you could just open the door and be like, whoa, it's so musty. And it was always a crawl space. A lot of buy levels, but any house with a crawl space had the potential. And what there's a, there's a study and I could even probably find the link for you guys. They, they were looking in the desert at burying toxic waste and they were going to put them in metal drums in the desert thinking, ah, well, nothing will ever happen to it because the desert is dry, right? Because right. of course metal would corrode and, um, and can <laughs> degrade just like everything else with moisture. So they did a research on burying toxic waste in metal drums in Arizona. And what they found when they actually did the, ca- the calculations is that even in the desert of deserts, the ground has moisture in it and it's the relative humidity in the ground. Now on the surface, it dries really fast, but below the surface, the way we can have plants growing is because there's water down there and the water is pushing its way up. And in the desert and dry climates, it dries very easily, but it's still pushing its way up. And when we put a building over the ground, then the, the water doesn't know it's just 
still working its way up. And then it comes up and goes, whoa, there's a building here. I guess I can't dry here because I'm under a building and, um, and under a slab, same thing. And that we do see a lot of mold in situations where that hum- it is more humidity, especially over time, than, than we might intuitively think it would be. So I recommend, and yes, the vapor barrier will get nasty. There's no doubt about it, but the dirt is nasty. So dirt is primarily mold <laughs> because that's how we get dirt is decay of organic matter to make dirt. So we don't want to breathe the dirt. Um, and we don't, we want, this is the only place where I would say you do encapsulate. So you're going to try to seal the plastic. They have tapes for this. And then I would mechanically put a, a strip up as well and maybe caulk the seam as well because the surfaces are never perfect to, to really say that that is separate and it's in the ground, it's staying in the ground. And if we ever have to disrupt it, we're going to have to be really cautious about that. Because yeah. yes, it will be moldy on the other side. What is wrong is the codes are saying, you just lay a piece of plastic there. Right, yeah. And that's not sealed. And so yes, you're to your point, you're collecting mold under there and it all can come out. And then somebody walks on it and gets disrupted. And so it's ripped. And yeah, that's a huge source of mold. Sure. Um, but the problem with crawl space is also is that, and it is definitely worse in different regions, but the ventilation is not ever done the way, the way that it should be done. And it's really hard to, to get cross ventilation and the holes are really small and we have corners that don't really ventilate at all. And then you add in air conditioning. So originally, uh, crawl spaces were, uh, they were ventilated and they were ventilated well. And we have a lot of places in the Southeast where their houses are up on stilts virtually and they basically have a lattice around them. That works great. Um, As soon as we start enclosing those and closing them more and more and then adding air conditioning, which drops cold air. So cold air drops, warm air rises and that cold air drops into the crawl space. And now we have, we don't have hot and humid anymore. We have cold and damp. And so when you get into even how much moisture can be held in the air based on the temperature. So humidity is always relative. So 80% humidity at, at 85 degrees outside is different than 80% humidity at 50 degrees in in a crawl space. So that's really hot. So it, it ends up causing condensation. We run ducts down there that we can have condensation on. And then we end up with a lot of, it's just too, cool and damp, which is a prime, yeah. <laughs> prime condition for mold to grow. And, and they're, and we're seeing it. And then you have mold spores in the dirt. Yeah. They're just the, the other thing that, that I, I mean, this is just my personal opinion. I would never recommend a family member purchase a home with a crawl space that has the furnace in the crawl space. I think that's crazy. It is crazy. Yeah. And they do them in the attic too. I actually, it makes, it's, it's, it makes as little sense as well, but we're definitely our realtors because we are still, we're renting and looking for a place to buy. Um, I, I said, no crawl spaces. Yeah. For me, it's no crawl spaces. I don't want to deal with it. If I can't go in, the other thing is who wants to go in there to look around? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, vigilance. So we talk about doing an inspection once with bringing on professionals, but as homeowners, this has to be part of owning a home that you're paying attention. 
just like you would with your body. Like, oh, that joint is hurting or, oh, I have a rash or, or why I don't feel good today as I did yesterday, or I broke my wrist. You know, maybe there's a windstorm or a snowstorm or something that there's actually shingles blew off. We have to look around and say, oh, wow, it looks like something changed here. And maybe I should fix it and address it. But the same thing is going to be with the foundation on the outside and also on the inside and getting in a crawl space. And I have no interest in going into a crawl space yeah. to look yeah. around. So I, I figure agree. I don't want to, I, you know, and who are you going to pay to go down there and do work? And no, I, I want to, you, you mean the beauty of a crawl space or a basement is that you can see the plumbing. Yeah. So you can look up and see the plumbing slabs. Those toilets leak too, but you can't look at them. Yeah. And the plumbing leaks under the slab and we can't look at that. So there is a, a benefit to being able to access the space underneath. But I would, I tell people to make, if you have to have a crawl space in some places, it's really common. I would make them like a short basement and you can make a dry for It's possible to have a dry basement. Um, and so I would use the same details, but yeah. the typical is not. It's no. yeah. limited on, on having that happen. And part of that is site drainage. So there are codes around site drainage, but honestly, it's very rare that I see anybody following them. And, um, and so there should be a noticeable slope away from building all the way around, yeah. even the, the concrete and the pavement, the code is 2% slope, which is noticeable. Uh, yeah. The grade is 5%, which is down six inches and 10 feet. And there's so many homes that are being built. Basically, the drawings show a flat line. You know, mm-hmm. It's on a straight line. It's a flat site. No, no site is really flat. No. Yeah. And, and so um, designing, where's the water going to go? Where's the water from the roof? Where's the water from my neighbor's roof going to go? Where's the water from my neighbor up the hill going to go? Is it going to... And people say, oh, well, I have a, I have a, my house has a great slope away. Well, usually if there's a great slope away on one side, there's another side that's sloping towards the house. Right. And so managing that is tricky. So those are things that I would recommend homeowners or inspectors really be looking around at the site and the grade. We talked about the roof um, and know what kind of foundation is this. And then it start just collecting the clues and say, okay, it's this kind. And what could go wrong with this kind is the next level of education. I was going to say on the grading note, um, you talked about looking at roofs. Yeah. I feel the same way about this grading issue. You drive past homes and pretty much, I, I don't know what the percentage is again, but there's a big chunk of homes that have at least one little dip in the grading around the house. Maybe it's where there's some plants or, or, or where they water a lot or, I mean, it's inevitable that any house starts to settle after, you know, a certain amount of years. And so you you see my house though. Yeah. I, I have no, I have no. <laughs> yeah. I was at, I was at Mike's house, Cheryl one time and I forgot I was at his house. I was walking around it playing with his grand grandkids. And I noticed there was like a two foot buildup around the foundation with a really steep slope, you know, a few feet, it probably dropped, you know, like I said, two feet, you know, within a, a three foot span. And, I was like, man, this guy really, really knows his grading or is really, you know, doing a great job. And then I realized it was his house because he's so, <laughs> so paranoid. Yeah. Paranoid after seeing all these homes. So yeah. 
Yeah, so it's that, and that's what you're looking for, but you also want to make sure that you're not building up your grade and covering over the juncture where the foundation meets the Oh, the absolutely, yeah. Because yeah. we have a lot of leaks over the top. Yeah. And, and so if you look at why this is happening, it's really very logical in that when, they, when we build homes, the hole that is dug around the foundation wall is bigger than, bigger than just the wall because they got to walk around, put forms in, then they backfill. Right. So when you're going to backfill, you're putting dirt back that wasn't what nature has compressed. Yeah. And it will take another five, you know, maybe they're going to compress it, which they should. Maybe they won't. Yeah. Uh, nature alone is going to take anywhere from 5, 10 to 15, even 20 years to continue to get the air out of what was fluffy that was shoveled back in the hole. And so that's why it can look great the minute you close on your brand new house. Say, oh, look at all these hills. And then in two years, three years, it's a reverse drainage issue because it has settled. Um, And then nobody, we don't usually are designing the landscaping. So the finished grade is what's supposed to be eight inches down from the top of the foundation where the slope starts. That's the finished grade. That means that's the mulch. That's the topsoil. That's where the planting start. And it is a tendency to come back in new construction and add topsoil, add mulch that's going to turn to topsoil, Uh, plant some plants and we got to raise them up. And then we have a divot behind the bushes where behind the bushes slopes towards the house. Um, So it's, it's all complicated. It's all really complicated. I see this a lot too, is when you first build a home, all of your bushes are very small. And you've got sprinklers right by the side of your house watering those bushes. Well, the bushes grow up and they block the sprinkler. So now all that sprinkler water is actually falling right next to the foundation as opposed to shooting out over the bush. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Sprinklers are a good one to look for. And I have seen this a lot in Utah is you can actually see buildings where there's like a eyebrow effect, on, especially on brick or stucco. See, they're yeah. clearly sprinklering their building at night and no one knows it. And that alone can cause tremendous water damage. How do you, speaking of stucco, how do you feel about stucco? Any material can be done well and any material can be done poorly. Uh, Some materials are harder to do well than others and and have more steps and have more uh, potential for craftsmanship errors, potentially. Um, Stucco is one of those that has a lot of steps to do well. And, and often doesn't get done well. So no finished material is meant to be a water resistive barrier. There's supposed to be one behind the finish. So we just assume in the industry, and this would be something we as architects assume is that everything's going to leak one point or another. You can't rely on caulk. Caulk lasts maybe 10 years. Right. So at some point stuff is going to leak. And so you want to have a belt and suspenders kind of an approach when you're building so that you can say, okay, if water gets behind here, then it's going to go here. Okay. Or when water gets behind here, it's going to go here and we're still going to protect the structure. So, so we try to do, and I have a build a safe home master course that I offer for education on this topic. And we talk about site and climate and we talk about building design, the design defects to avoid and, and do well with foundations, walls, roofs. And then I have a a bonus section on contracts, but the point of all that is that um, just getting the 
you know, paying attention to all this stuff. And, and it, it's a challenge. It's really complicated. It's really complicated, which is why there's such a big problem. Yeah. Yeah. So well, to, to your point, you know, you were talking about the, the settling of the, the soil around homes because it's backfill. And, and I got thinking, and your comment about sprinklers and the bushes growing, unfortunately, you know, it's not something, even if you have a good inspection done on a home before you buy it and, and everything checks out, unfortunately, you know, there are things you need to continually check on, right? Kind, of a, bush, kind of a moving target. Yeah. yeah as those bushes grow yeah. and, and, and yeah. as the home settles and, yeah. and it's kind of something you have to stay on throughout the duration of the life of the home. Would, would you agree with that? Yeah. And in terms of sprinklers, I, I would, you de- they can be po- pointed away. You definitely want to check that winter can change some of those things. And I would be cautious about how much planting and putting right up against the foundation, which yeah. I think was your point also, yeah. but um, yeah, definitely something to look at. And that changes over time. Again, coming back to the vigilance for homeowners to pay attention to like, well, this looked good last year, but why doesn't it look good now? Yeah. Or why is this foundation discolored here? Why is the wall discolored here? There's always a reason. Yeah. And we may not know why, but that's, I have a course called Moisture Basics where I do uh, defects and basically why all the different ways our buildings get wet. Because there are some that people don't think of. Sprinklers is one of them that is listed there that I talk about. And then I show examples of some really common defects. And I almost have to give a disclaimer with that course because you can't unsee this stuff. (laughs) Once you've seen it, you see it everywhere. And it's horrifying because you see it on commercial buildings. You see it on schools. You see it on, uh, actually there's a video of me on my YouTube channel. It's it's a little older where I'm in front of the architecture building at the university of Illinois, where I was at a conference talking about poor drainage on the architecture building. That was new. (laughs) Yeah. You know, so it happens. It's it's where two where two materials come together, where two professions come together, where two contractor professions come together, like siding and roofing. Mm-hmm. And there's a there's some coordination that has to go on there, yeah. and it it's, it does require somebody to actually do something actively to coordinate that. Um, HVAC systems in the design. I mean, it's an afterthought half the time. Yeah, yeah. maybe more than half the time. Right. Um, that, okay, we're done with our design. We love it. Now let's start building it. And whoops, let's, you know, we're, we're halfway done building it. Let's get the heating guy in, the ventilation guy in and see, get him to run the ducts and be like, I can't, I can't yeah. fit through this hole. Yeah. <laughs> and they, yeah. they end up with challenges. So yeah. I think that the, all we can do is keep learning and becoming, I'm trying to create awareness about the stuff that I see. Yeah. Uh, I wish I had an easy button for like a checklist or a, a te- I mean, I th- the tests, I mean, I think they're, they, they can be helpful, but in the end, we, we do have a role as inspectors. That's really critical because it's an art and a science. And so there is a skill involved in, in training your eye to see things that testing may not show. Yeah. 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 I agree with that. Cheryl, I'm looking at the clock and I'm like, how the heck did we just talk for almost 50 minutes and we only covered one fifth of our topic matter? <laughs> wow. So we need to regroup with Cheryl. We, yeah. we got it. We have, we're going to have to invite you back, Cheryl. Um, I think I, I learned some cool little insights. Yeah. Some, this some, 
been great. Good thoughts come to my mind. Like you said, I mean, we're all learning. I mean, I still run into stuff. It seems like every few months where I'm like, Oh, I never, I don't know if I've ever seen anything quite, quite like that before. Yeah. So like you've, like you've said, Cheryl, there's, there's definitely a skill set, but, uh, you know, I, I always, one, one last thought that I always had I, when people talk about, I, th- I think I might have a crack in my foundation because I got water in the basement. And I've always said, well, you may have a crack, you may not, but it's not a boat. It's not supposed to have water down there. It, <laughs> so the, the crack is the least of the problems. It's the water that's saturating the soil that's saturating the foundation is your problem. Yeah, and, exactly. And I would, I would argue that the foundation is cracking because of the water. Right. Yeah. As I said earlier, differential wetting, the ground yeah. doesn't like that. Yeah. The, the foundation sitting on the ground, uh, the soil ends up shifting and moving. It's, it's not in its happy place. It's, yeah. it, so the cracks are caused by differential yeah. wetting oftentimes. And again, that, so that's a symptom, but let's just get the, get the guy out to fill the crack. Yeah. And it's going to leak because you have water there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm at avoidingmold.com and, um, yeah. and I do have resources there that my goal is to be as affordable as possible. And so we've decided that one, I can't be everywhere all the time anyway, but that if we record some of the things that I say to my clients that I do see individually, if I record some of that content, then it's really affordable for people to log on participate in it and um, take a look, learn, watch it a few times, watch it whenever you want. I tell people who have trouble with those, just pretend like you're scheduling an appointment with me (laughs) and put it on your calendar. And that was uh, was just one more time, Cheryl, that was avoidingmold.com. Avoidingmold.com. Awesome. Yeah. Avoiding mold. I'm there right now on my, my laptop and you have you have a decent amount of free materials as well. You know, free classes and free courses and I checklist. Think, uh, I, I do have a lot for free. So, and, and like I said, like, and subscribe my YouTube channel, Cheryl Seco architect and my Instagram, Cheryl Seco architect and my public Facebook page is Cheryl Seco architect. So those are, I do post a lot for free. Again, my, my real mission is to create awareness. I do have to create some income so that I can continue to do this. And so I can pay people to make the stuff sure, <laughs> and do yeah, the website yeah. and, and help us get it out. Yeah. Uh, but my mission is broader and you know, ideally there's things in the code that needs to change. I have, I have a lot of high hopes for the future, but it's going to require uh, a lot of conversations with a lot of different people. Yeah. 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 It's a, it's a, yeah. it's a big Titanic going the wrong direction. Well, I don't know about the wrong direction. We're going in the right direction. We're just, it takes a lot to turn. It's a slow moving (laughs) ship. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming, Cheryl. We will get back in touch and regroup. Yeah. We need to have you back. Plus we'll see you in September, I guess. So we'll see you at at our personal convention. And then I I recommend everyone go visit the site. I've I've looked over it and take some of the free courses and then um, use your services. If, if you need some online consultation or even um, remote consultation. So yeah, that's great. Yeah. Thank you. Cheryl. I recommend moisture basics to start and start training your eye to see this stuff. Okay. okay moisture basics to start. Great advice. Okay. okay. All right. Thank you. Thank so you guys. Much. All right. Thanks okay. for having me. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening to the mold matters podcast. Be sure to subscribe for more in-depth information on mold illness and recovery.